Welcome aboard. Time to grab your board and see if we can swim out into that sea of ideas. See if we can see that sales pipeline starting to curl up here. I love those California images. I don't know if anybody gets them but me here. But, you know, a sales pipeline, it sort of emerges out of the ocean of ideas, doesn't it? Um, I think if you talk to any uh, veteran sales rep, and I don't believe that any of them think the sales pipeline just emerges. Just, it, just, it just appears. It, it, it sort of it rises just, up out of the foam. Yeah. You know, the the the, the yeah, just just sit back. Don't worry about don't worry about prospecting. Don't worry about you know just being proactive. Just just wait for the pipeline. Wait for the pipeline. Sooner or later, if you just keep paddling through the water, one will appear, and you can catch it and ride it. See, it's spoken like a true Southern California. Just don't worry about it. It's all good. Just I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go sit at the beach for a while. And when I come back, there'll be pipelines. Be there'll fine. be pipelines, and I'll just ride along, and I'll do well, and then it'll eventually dry off, and I'll go and you know get a get a burger, get a beer, and I'll come back, and another one will appear here. So I, I think our guest today, who is the the, the uh, CEO co-founder of a fast-growing startup, probably violently disagrees with the perspective <laughs> that we are assuming is the truth here today. But uh, how how's, how's the weather? I think last couple times we've talked, uh, we we were dealing with beach drizzle. Things a little better today? Don't go there. Don't go there. We're we're suicidal. It's gone on for two months on and off. This has never happened in all the thirty years I lived in LA. It's it it gets bright for a day and then we're back to overcast and drizzly today. It's we're well, actually, absolutely all, all suicidal. About the drought, you complain about the drought, and you complain about the water. Water, I don't know, I don't know. You still get to, you still get to live in a beautiful place. You know, you know what's funny, and I'll, ju- I know you want to jump into your show here, but one of the things I've always loved about Southern California is people will debate within themselves. If you live on the other side of the mountain in Temecula, oh, that's the perfect weather. No, if you live in San Diego, no, that's. We even argue about little microclimates here. We're, we're, we're always debating, trying to find that perfect, like the perfect wave. We're trying to find the perfect place. Perfect wave, the perfect pipeline. We're always seeking perfection. Life is not a destination, Paula. It is a journey. And that is what we're doing here today, just like every week on Sales Pipeline Radio. Thanks, everyone, for joining us to another episode. If you're listening live on the Sales Funnel Media Radio Network and you haven't turned off already, thank you for sticking with us and joining us for another episode. Uh, And uh, for everyone who's subscribing to us on the podcast feed, uh, thanks so much for joining us. Our numbers continue to grow. It's really, really gratifying and humbling to see the number of people that we're driving into Sales Pipeline. I think we were up to like 75,000 downloads. Uh, it's amazing. Amazing. So thank you so much for everyone for joining us in every episode. If you want to catch up over the last 150 episodes, just like you're catching up on Game of Thrones, getting ready for the premiere. If you want to catch up on every past episode of Sales Pipeline Radio, past, present, and future, you can find them all at salespipelineradio.com. We are featuring every week some of the best and brightest minds in B2B sales and marketing. Today is absolutely no different. Very, very excited to have joining us today the CEO, co-founder of Sketch Deck, Christopher Finneros. Christopher, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for having me, Matt. So let's talk about this idea that the sales pipeline just appears over the horizon. In your experience as a serial entrepreneur, is sales pipeline development that easy? It's uh, prospecting, generating leads is always something which requires work. Even even if you have something that's awesome that everyone wants, uh, you need to really educate your, your market, educate the leads, and put a lot of work into that. Um, I was actually reading a quote recently that was saying, um, especially for startups, people always um, they always underestimate, uh, or sorry, they always overestimate how hard it is to uh, to build the product, and underestimate actually how much effort it is to acquire customers. And I think you know that's that's very true. It takes a lot of a lot of work to get your your pipeline and uh, and get lots of customers for for your product. I love that quote. I love that quote that people overestimate what it takes to get a product to market and underestimate what it takes to sell it. 
Um, I was I became familiar with SketchDeck a little over a year ago, uh, working with the folks at On24 on the Webinar World event, and they got me in touch with you guys to help me with my uh, presentation deck, and I was really impressed, not only with the quality of the design, but the process. So talk a little bit about what you guys have done at SketchDeck to kind of marry good design with good technology and process, and why that's working so well for companies that are just continuing to drive new innovation and growth in their design and, and, uh, and efforts there. Stepping back a little bit and giving some context. So, you know, SketchDeck, we, you know, we focus on companies' everyday design needs. This, this term everyday design is something we coined to, to really reflect the things which are not those really enormous projects that you want to spend, you know, tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of dollars on in some cases, um, that you might work with a specialist boutique agency or a brand agency, but really focusing on those things which come up every day, as the name implies. Um, and what we realized about these types of needs, uh, and these are things like presentations, reports, white papers, social media ads, you know, there's so many things which a business needs pretty frequently uh, that's visual, um, is that, you know, there's lots of them. And, you know, often they have come with quick turnaround time needs, budget constraints. You know, the actual needs around these type of design is different. So if you're thinking about this one ginormous project where you've got months to spend on it and, you know, tens of thousands of dollars potentially. So um, with this in mind, we realized that you actually didn't just need a like a team of designers. You actually needed to have a way of managing this efficiently so that we could deliver projects quickly within the right budget and at the right quality. So that's really what we've done with SketchDeck. We have this awesome team of designers that are uh, all around the world that work with you. And we have a software platform that actually makes the whole process really easy. So it's, it starts from how you create a brief for a project. You have this really nice online ordering experience where you can describe the project. It prices it out for you. Uh, and then you have a really great feedback exchange system where you kind of see your design inside the browser and you can give feedback directly on top of the design, you know, add your colleagues in to, to share and collaborate. And then finally, kind of bringing everything together in one really nice interface where all of the design projects that you've worked on with us live together and you can you can easily find that project that you did last year rather than trying to search back through your email, which is the, the way it often happens today. Um, and yeah, so we've really kind of believe in this this marriage of both really talented designers and this um, powerful platform to, to deliver these everyday design needs. Well, I think you and I talked a little bit about this last year, and I sort of when I after I'd used you know SketchDeck to get my presentation ready, you know, is this a de are you a design company or are you a technology company? Because you really do have good design, and I think a lot of a lot of companies, a lot of people have good design, but you marry that with a really efficient process and a great tool that just makes it easy to review, makes it easy to submit new stuff, makes it easy to find the old materials, like you mentioned. How do you guys think about the business? How do you balance that? You know, we're a design agency, but we're also focused on the process and technology that makes the overall process and means of getting the right design and the right deliverables done and done well and done quickly. You know, educating the market is very important. And that's something we've had to do because we truly see ourselves as both. We really do see ourselves as a software company and a design company. And, and that's what makes us unique. Um, and, you know, we, there's lots of, um, you know, lots of our, uh, companies that we work with, there's a bit of education up front because they know they're saying like, well, you know, normally when we work with a design agency, it's all only design, nothing else. But we're like, yes, we, you know, we have design, but the platform is a crucial component to it too. So honestly, we do, we do really see ourselves as both of those things coming together. Uh, and that's really what makes us unique and able to offer something that's quite different to traditional services, which are just focused on design or, you know, some platforms, are, you know, only about the platform that you need to bring designers on board yourself. 
Love it. We're talking today on Sales Pipeline Radio with Christopher Finnerl. He's the CEO, co-founder of SketchDeck. And, you know, we're talking a lot about the, the intersection between design and technology. Um, and and, and it, because most of our audience is in the B2B space, you know, we need to qualify what's the difference between design and B2B design. And I wanna, eventually I want to talk about the blueprint for B2B design you guys have. You got some ebooks around it as well. Um, I think a lot of like hardcore pipeline marketers think, you know, design often times can get a little too whimsical, a little too focused on winning awards versus driving conversions. What's the perspective you guys have that makes B2B design different and unique? Yeah, and I think it comes from that starting point, which is I think there is still a perception that that design is something which is only important in B2C and B2B doesn't need to worry about about design. And um, I think we're seeing that that's changing a lot. Um, I mean, the first thing I'd say is, is there's been growing research in this area around the impact that design has. Um, you know, the fact that design can have, you know, real impact on the bottom line of companies. Um, I mean, recently there was a report out from McKinsey and company that, re- that referenced this exact, this exact, uh, piece. And it was talking about companies in all industries. I think they had things like professional services and oil and gas, you know, furthest away from B2C as you can think. Um, they were having, you know, designs, companies that invested in and focused on design were having, um, you know, uh, revenue impacts of upwards of 10% in comparison to their peers. So, you know, thinking about design for B2B companies is now something which is, we're starting to prove out that there is real value to a company in doing this. Um, and my perspective on, you know, what's causing this and what's driving this is, is actually the fact that, um, you know, millennials, you know, are now very dominant in the workplace and they grew up in, you know, in the nineties with being surrounded by, you know, good product design in the B2C space. And now, you know, they, 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 they have a strong connection with, with good design. They, they make decisions based on things that they like and like the look of. And now these, these millennials are in, in decision making positions in companies and they're applying that same, uh, design aesthetic that they grew up with into their B2B decision making. And, and it's true. Like, you know, people now in making B2B decisions are, are choosing vendors that they want to work with based on how they feel about that vendor and do they like what they see from their brand and brand obviously is tied up immensely in the visual aesthetic that, 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 that is coming across. So really, you know, B2B, um, B2B design is definitely something that people need to take seriously now. I think it, and I think it's going to continue to, to grow in, in importance. Uh, I, I would agree. I think it's always been really important. I think, um, you know, you, you know, buildings don't write checks. People do. And I think people, like you said, appreciate good design. Design, you know, implies clarity and confidence. And I think it can differentiate you from others. You know, I think that, you know, well, I think a lot of B2B marketers recently, maybe that are more focused on pipeline, maybe wondering, like, where's the interse- intersection between design and performance, right? Like, you know, design that actually sort of creates a level of confidence and differentiation and even beauty in a B2B audience, all of which are important. But that also, like, if we're thinking about, you know, tactical design elements like emails, like landing pages, how do you connect? How do you create something that is great design, but also drives performance, um, you know, to a, to a pipeline or to a math driven marketer? You know, when I come back to the fact that, you know, one of the things that we focus on with everyday design is this ability to deliver things quickly um, and within the right budget. You know, speed and, and budget enables more iteration. You know, within marketing, we should always be thinking about A-B testing, for example, when we're thinking about emails and different ad designs and stuff as well. And if you're, you know, some more traditional solutions might, you know, might take months to get projects turned around, whereas 
we enable things to be turned around within a few days or a week or so that enables this ability to test different things out and figure out within your own uh, lead generation funnels, like which things are having the most impact. And so you can optimize conversion rates and such. Uh, so yeah, you know, that's super critical for, for, for marketers. We got a couple more minutes here before our commercial break. How much, how much education do you find that you are doing with clients on sort of the right balance of, you know, design performance, you know, not watering down design to get good performance, not watering down performance to, to, I mean, on both sides, like how much of, of what you're doing is education versus execution? Many of the marketers we work with do understand the importance of design. I think, you know, we're still, we're still very much a startup and working with people who are, who are innovating in their own companies. So those people often do understand the importance of design. So I'd say most of the education that we're doing right now is about like our model and how it's different to a traditional agency. Most of them already grasp design, but I'd say within the broader market as a whole, there's still a lot of education that needs to be done. And, and we're starting, trying to do that with things like our white paper on B2B design. Um, because I think a lot of people in the market still don't appreciate the importance of it. And also what the challenges are to actually make B2B design happen and work at the scale that's needed. So, yeah, there's still more work for us to be done, done there on, towards the broader market. We're going to have to take a quick break, pay some bills. We'll be right back with more with Christopher Farrell. He's the CEO and co-founder of SketchDeck. We're going to be talking more about B2B design, including some materials that uh, SketchDeck has that can make, I think make everyone who's listening uh, be a smarter, better uh, B2B design uh, expert. We'll be right back on Sales Pipeline Radio. The way we do business is advancing faster than ever before. Yet amongst the disruptions, there's one pillar that stays standing through it all. The power of a relationship. Relationships are at the core of everything. So how are today's organizations developing, nurturing, and leveraging them to drive success? Download the new research report on the state of relationship marketing and learn how your team can bridge the gaps between relationships and revenue. Download your free report at HeinzMarketing.com. That's H-E-I-N-Z Marketing.com. Okay, as we head back to Matt and his guest, I only have one question for Matt. What did the, what did the uh, daddy tomato say to the baby tomato as he fell behind? I don't know. Ketchup. That's highly relevant to uh, to Heinz marketing there, Paul. I liked that a lot. And before, since since you started, since you since you gave a dad joke, I have to give a quick dad joke as okay. well. Um, did you, Paul? Did you have you? Did you want know that the Swedish Navy invented the barcode? Did you know that? I didn't know that. No. The Swedish Navy, yeah. So, so Swedish Navy, fair, very advanced seafaring, you know, country. Yeah. You know, for trade, for war, for exploration, they got ships all over the place, and it's hard to keep track of them. So they created what be, really became the predecessor to the modern barcode. Mm. And they did that with one main objective because they wanted the ability to scan the Navy in. Do, do we wait for the uh, other shoe to fall? No, it's the sc- Scandinavian. Yeah, scan- I don't. I did forgot it. I it's didn't. You got it, right? I got it. I got it. It took me a while. A little slow. <laughs> yeah, it was like, like, Paul's like, I got it. It just wasn't funny. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly right. it. All right. Well, all we'll right. we'll try and improve yeah, our jokes that's next a, that's time. A better, that's a better joke in person because you can just all kind of guffaw and say, please stop telling jokes all in person. I think people should send in jokes and we should read them here. That should be our new segment. We will do. That's right. If, if you want any reader that's listening, if you want to send me Matt at HeinzMarketing.com, if you want to send me your best dad joke, I will. we will give you credit. We will link to you in the show notes. <laughs> that's right. And maybe that is our new post-commercial tradition um, on this show 
that already doesn't last long enough. <laughs> We're just going to waste more time with bad dad jokes. Exactly. But not anymore today because I've got a lot more that I want to talk to, to uh, with our guest today, Christopher Finneral, who is t- who's just waiting for us to be done telling bad jokes. He's the CEO and co-founder of Sketch Deck. And, and I do want to talk about some of the assets you guys have available. So you know, if you want to learn more, I highly encourage everyone to go to sketchdeck.com. We'll have a link to that in our show notes. Have a link also to your B2B design ebook. But I also want to talk about the uh, uh, something you put together called the Blueprint for B2B design. Talk a little bit about what that is and uh, why B2B marketers and sales professionals, quite frankly, should be should be going to get a copy of that. Yeah, sure. So um, what we did with this white paper is we really wanted to take a look at uh, what design looks like inside uh, B2B organizations. So it covers a little bit of things we've talked about so far, initially about the importance of design. And, you know, I mentioned already some of that research that points towards the actual impact that design has inside B2B organizations. So that's kind of where it, where it begins. Um, and then it talks about like, what are the challenges inside organizations to getting design happening? Because, you know, we see lots of organizations who start now start to care about design, but they still struggle. And one of the concepts we introduce here is, is what we've, we've called the, the, the B2B design pyramid. So we really break down the needs of design inside an organization into three components. If you, if you kind of have in your head a pyramid or a triangle, we, we break it down to the top section, which we think of as, as brand strategy. So this is the real tip, the most high profile part of a brand. And it's about uh, of designing an organization. And it's really about defining the look and feel of that, of that organization. It's your logo. It's your color, color palettes. It's your, your kind of visual. Uh, kind of storytelling that you're doing. It really defines what that brand is, and that's really at the top. And then we have this second layer down that we really think of as flagship design. And this is this is things like, you know, if you were doing some big ad on TV or you're, you've got some kind of um, big event experience, you know, these are the, 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 the projects which really stand out in, in, in a, uh, for, the, for the business, so, you know, very large um, events. And then with that, the, the, the final section we think of then is this everyday design, which is all the things which go on every single day inside the organization, which don't quite have the same individual recognition that a, um, uh, that a, uh, a big flagship event has, but there's many of them. And what we, what we talk about is like, what do you need to do at each of these different stages of the pyramid? Because I think one thing that people fall into is think like, oh, we just need one design solution that will cover all of our needs. And reality is that does not work. Like, Typically, what you, what we at least see is that for that very top section, that, that brand, brand strategy section, like that is where you want to be engaging with the, the, you know, the, the, the best brand agencies out there. And they're the ones who can really help craft that and guide that. And that's normally in conjunction as well with some kind of internal, uh, head of brand or creative director as well who are kind of working on that. And then this next section down, these flagship events. Um, this is where some, you know, some smaller agencies come into play and other agencies that specialize in, in these types of activities really come into their own. Um, some companies build out teams internally to cover these types of um, activities as well. So, you know, you can see already there's a different uh, set of uh, needs and a different solution there. And then finally, with the everyday design, you know, this is where we really feel we come in, uh, come in and, and can play strongly here, which is you need to have a solution which can really keep up with the scale of those needs. And deliver things at the speed and the, and the budgets that are required for those, those design needs. Um, and it's often this bottom section which, which fails because, uh, organizations try and work with maybe their traditional agencies for this and it, and they can really struggle or they try and build out their own internal teams to cover with it, cover these type of work. And that again doesn't quite work. And we go into details as to why that's the case. Um, so yeah, we really, you know, we really wanted to kind of give this framework to people to really think about how to, 
you know, think about the needs that are happening inside the organization and make sure they're really picking the best solutions for each of those needs um, uh, uh, that they have. I like the way you're thinking about that. And I think it's it's a good framework for people to do. And I think you mentioned that too many companies will just go with sort of one design solution. What are some other mistakes that you see people making relative to B2B design, either tactical or strategic? What are things that people should either watch out for or avoid? Yeah. So, um, I mean, the, the first one we've talked about is that not putting importance on design at all. So that's an, you know, an easy one to fix. Like there's lots of evidence to say that design has impact. Make sure you, you value design and, 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 and invest in it. That's one. The second one is kind of appreciating that design is important, but, but ignoring the, the, the problems. And this is one that we see a lot where, I mean, actually, you know, so we primarily work with marketing teams and some of the, the, the prospective customers we speak to come to us because they say like, Hey, you know, I've got marketers in my organization who I've hired as marketers who are spending 25% of their time as designers. And this comes from the fact that people ignore, you know, they're like, Oh, we don't need to worry about this. It will solve itself. And you end up having people in your organization doing things which they're not, they're, they're not best skilled at trying to then, you know, be, be designers and taking a lot longer to do things and not creating the, 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 the quality of work that's required. So definitely kind of watch out for just kind of ignoring the problem and sweeping it under the rug because you, you, you do still bear that cost. It still needs to happen. Um, and then the other thing we Got see it. is that people, uh, cut, you know, cut programs that need, that should happen. Like they, they're not doing enough AB testing on things. They're, they're cutting back on brands when, when they really should be thinking about things that need brand and redesign. So, you know, actually cutting back on marketing activities to try and, you know, save what they need to be spending on design. So those are three mistakes that we often, often see. Love it. Well, we've only just got, got a couple more minutes here. Christopher Fennerell, he is the CEO, co-founder of Sketch Deck. He is a serial entrepreneur, has been doing this for a while. We'll spend some time at McKinsey before that. And just curious, in your career, who are some of the people that you have learned from, that you have benefited the most from? You know, professors, authors, speakers, alive or dead. Who are some folks that you that have been a big impact on your life and career and you might recommend other people check out as well? Yeah, great question. So I'm actually going to talk to some organizations more than specific people. So, you know, McKinsey experience taught me a lot about how businesses, you know, the biggest level inside, you know, the U.S. and the U.K. where I was from originally, how they operate. And it kind of really opens your eyes to kind of how, how things operate and things that are broken. And I think that's really, really cool experience I had. We actually took Sketch Deck through Y Combinator, which was a startup accelerator out here in Silicon Valley. And that really taught me a lot about how to start a company, getting real focus on product market fit, focusing on like uh, fast iteration and really getting feedback from your customers early on. And a lot of that, um, a lot of those thoughts and thinking has really come into how we've, we've built and grown Sketch Deck. And, you know, for anyone out there that's thinking about starting companies or, you know, is, is, is an entrepreneur themselves, like there's a great resources on the Y Combinator website and um, Paul Graham's essays are a great source of inspiration too. Um, so, yeah, those are a couple of places that have really kind of helped me um, as I've been building Sketch Deck and growing growing my entrepreneurial career. If we had another half hour and spend a lot more time talking about just the entrepreneurial journey, I think it's unique to those of us that have, you know, built and, and grown businesses. But there's an awful lot to learn there for anyone that is just building their career, especially those in 
sales and marketing. And, you know, you started the conversation by talking about the overinvestment in product and the underinvestment or the underappreciation and what it takes to sell it, I think is, is alone. Very good advice. So, well, I want to thank again our guest today. Uh, I thank, we've been talking with Christopher Finneral. He's the CEO and co-founder at SketchDeck. Check him out at SketchDeck.com. We'll have links to the B2B design ebook as well as the blueprint for B2B design up there. Uh, we will be here again live next week. Next week, Paul, we have Dan McDade. He is, I consider him not the godfather, maybe the dean of B2B sales development. He is, um, if, if I were to get that question, Paul, of like, you know, who are the people that have influenced you the most? I have learned more about B2B sales and sales development uh, from, from, from Dan than almost anyone else and just a solid, solid human being to add on top of that. So next week we'll have Dan McDade uh, joining us to make sure you don't miss that. But for today, we are unfortunately out of time. Thank you, Christopher, for joining us. For my great producer, Paul, this is Matt Hines. Thank you for joining us on another episode of Sales Pipeline Radio. You've been surfing the sales pipeline today with the silver surfer himself, Matt Hines from Hines Marketing, right here on the Funnel Radio Channel for at-work listeners like you.